I'm Rachel Olstead, and this is the Dream Builder Society podcast. As a business coach for new and aspiring female entrepreneurs, I help driven, ambitious, and passionate women just like you build and grow your own online business so you can create a life of freedom, impact, and joy. I truly believe business can be simple and fun, and I'm here to empower you and support you every step of the way with a touch of sarcasm, a little tough love, and a whole lot of inspiration. Let's build our dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Builder Society podcast. I am excited to share this episode with you guys today. We are on number 18, which seems insane. So episode 18 today is actually, this is kind of a little intro to it, um, is actually a pre-recorded training, um, actually a live training, I should say, from my Facebook group, um, the Dream Builder Society, of course. And this was recorded um, just a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to kind of give this little intro for you guys because um, in the podcast episode today, since it was a pre-recorded or I should say a Facebook live. I don't know why I keep saying pre-recorded, but since it was a Facebook live, you will be hearing um, a little bit different um, types of comments. You will be hearing me reference um, people's questions and you might even hear people's names that were hopping on live. Um, Just wanted to give you that fair Warning, um, it is a really, really fantastic story all about buying and selling. And it really um it really includes a lot of like intangibles that I want you guys to really pick up on in the buying and selling experience, both as the seller, right, as the business owner, but also as a buyer, as a potential client. And my hope with this episode is that you are able to really look at, um, like an actual real life experience that I had buying and spending $25,000 in less than two hours and what that process looks like. Um, because this is a, this was a business exchange that, um, was not necessarily connected to my business, but I I really wanted to share this with you guys because it's really connected to the buying experience and providing a positive buying experience and how that differs from obviously a negative buying experience. And so there are like gems that you can, um, from this when it comes to marketing, when it comes to sales, when it comes to mindset, when it comes to just like that connection with your potential clients in your own business and how you are approaching your business, how you're approaching marketing, how you're approaching sales and how you're approaching like serving people and all of these um, really, really important aspects of your own business. So um, without further ado, here is episode number 18. Um, all about buying and selling a story behind 25k in 90 minutes. Enjoy everyone. Today, um, this literally just popped into my head this morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with these um, women because I want to talk a little bit about the buying and selling experience. Um, I can't even remember what I titled this video. (laughs) 
<laughs> you guys, that's how like on top of it I am this morning. But um, we are here. Things aren't perfect. This is what I preach. So, hey, Melissa, thanks for hopping in today. Okay, the buying and selling experience. I want to talk about this because it is so incredibly important that a lot of what we do in business, right? And I want you to think about what I'm talking today. I want you to think about like your um, your perspective as the seller. And I want you to put yourself in like the buyer's perspective too. And think about experiences that you've had buying something, right? Whether it was a something for $2 or $200 or $2,000 or $20,000, right? I want you to put yourself in that perspective because that is very important to understand the buyer and the client's perspective and the, the customer's perspective when you are selling as well. Hey, Keisha, thanks for joining today. So um, I, I want to talk about how a, a story, and this is a personal story, of how I spent $25,000 um, within a 90-minute period of time, okay? And this is actually not like a coaching related. This was not a coaching investment, although I have spent, um, I have made investments upwards of $10,000, $12,000 um, within like a an hour consultation with a coach where I'm like, yep, I know I want what you have. I know you can deliver. Boom, let's do it. Here's my money. Um, however, this is actually experience that happened last fall, actually coming up on a year now. Um, my husband and I were I used to have like a 2000, I think it was like a 2007, 2008 Ford Escape that we bought from my parents. Literally when I graduated college in 2013, we bought it for, from them for like $6,000. It was basically like, here, we don't want this car anymore, but like pay us a little bit for it. So, so you just feel like an adult, right? <laughs> Instead of just like totally gifting it to me. So we have, ha we had that car for several years, obviously. And we knew like last time at, at Last year at this time, I, um, I of course, was pregnant. Um, I was about 20 weeks pregnant at this time last year with Sadie. And we live in North Dakota, and our roads, obviously, in the wintertime get very, very, um, very, very dangerous, right? Lots of snow, lots of ice. Like, it's terrible. It's horrible. Don't come here in the winter. But this is where I live, and this was our situation, right? And we're like, okay, we need my husband um his name's Taylor. He's like, okay, we need to get a new vehicle because my vehicle kept getting stuck the previous winter. And he's like, I really don't want you driving around with two kids um, in the winter. And so like, we need a new car. So at this time last year, we were in the market for a new car. Now, when I say we're in the market for something, my husband and I have kind of this like track record and all of our friends and family member members laugh when we say like, we're, we're looking into buying something or looking into doing something, um, some sort of an investment. We have this track record of like, of thinking about it actually is like code for like, we're for sure going to do it and it's going to happen soon. We just need like the right thing. Okay. We do not spend a lot of time looking and hemming and high and like we find something that we want. We make a decision. We find something that we want and we do it. So we were in the market for um, a new vehicle and we had like money set aside. We were like ready to go. I had had some extra money at the time from coaching come in and like we were just ready to go like pay cash. We were ready to buy a vehicle. Okay. And so I want to tell you about like two different experiences. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep this kind of short today because 
because I just want to tell you to share about like two different experiences we had buying like in the process of buying this car. And I want you to really think about how this applies to like your own business, your own selling as well. And like what that looks like and how that feels because the selling process, you guys can feel salesy. It can feel slimy. It can feel sleazy. It can feel terrible if, if that's what you're focusing on. Right. But it can also feel really fun. It can feel exciting. It can feel really like stable and calm and enjoyable process. Okay. And I know that many of you, especially if you're struggling to make money in your businesses and struggling to get clients and sign clients and, and like really make, you know, create a lot of really great results in your business, chances are right. This, the process of selling, Okay. Um, feels kind of difficult to you. And I just want to offer these two scenarios um, to kind of teach a lesson that really taught me a lesson in my own coaching business as well. And my own relationship with selling and buying. So, okay. So we decide, um, let's just say it's a Sunday. Okay. We decide on a Sunday that we were going to go look at some cars and we're like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to waste our time, like driving around the lot and talking to a million people about this. So we looked online, we found a couple of vehicles that were like, we wanted some sort of SUV. I actually like, um, I actually wanted a van <laughs> because I was like, that sounds so awesome. And so like, does anyone have a van here? If you guys are watching live or the replay, tell me if you like your van, because I was trying to convince my husband to get a van. He wanted a truck and we're like, okay, let's just get a bigger SUV and call it, call it a compromise. So we find a couple um, like different SUVs that we were looking at online and we went to this dealership and we contacted them and we said, hey, there's a couple of vehicles online that we want to look at. Um, you know, can we set up an appointment to do that so we don't have to just like wander around um, for hours because we had like our two year old in tow at the time. And so. We get to this dealership, the first one, right? And they bring up this car that we had actually requested, like, hey, we'd like to look at this. We'd like to, you know, we're, we're kind of interested in maybe buying this. So they get it ready. Like, they don't even tell us where it is, okay? We actually met with, like, four, I think, within, like, the, the hour and a half, two hours. Maybe it was, like, even two or three hours. And this was in the evening, you guys. After work, we had a two-year-old. We were, you know, we were tired. Like my husband was in his work clothes still. Like this was like a Tuesday. So we decided on a Sunday. We went on a Tuesday. Um, and of course, car dealerships are open like later, right? So people can do that. But just the scenario, right? Like we met with four different people throughout our, our two hours there. And not one of them like asked us anything about ourselves. Not one of them like cared that we had a two-year-old with us not one of them like pointed us to where the car was they didn't like drive it up they said okay here's the keys we literally you guys had to walk around the parking lot like beeping the horn trying to find this vehicle that we had requested to drive okay and um they didn't come with us. They said, just like test drive. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird because I, I like to, some people like to test drive it by themselves, but if we were really serious, we wanted to ask that person some questions, right? While we were test driving, like, Hey, let's talk about this car. We want to be educated on it. We want to know like what your thoughts are, right? We were like basically asking to be sold to, right? We were trying to sell ourselves on this car and they were doing a terrible job trying to sell us. Right. And um, it wasn't even in like a, you know, arrogant, like we don't need your sale. So we don't care about like selling to you. Like you can just buy it or not. Like it wasn't in that arrogant way. It was more just like, 
apathy. Like they just like didn't care about anything. Not that they didn't care in like a cool, like we're such a cool dealership. Like we don't actually need your sale kind of way, but it was seriously just like, we don't even care about you. Like not a big deal. Go buy, you know, test drive it or don't buy it or don't like the customer service was not great. Okay. So we test drive it. We come back and I'm like, I have all these questions because I'm a question person. I'm a curious person. Like I, I want to know information about what I'm buying. Um, not so like they can convince me, but so I can convince myself. Right. And so during that, during that experience, like I am very, 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 um, what's the word I'm even looking for? Like naive, basically. I'm very ignorant when it comes to cars and I don't know much about it. My husband does, but he's also not like a car person, right? He's knowledgeable. He gets it. Like he understands, but we wanted someone to help us and like educate us. And like, what are truly the benefits of this vehicle? We were actually looking at a Ford Explorer at the time. So like a bigger SUV, um, and it was like $30,000. Okay. Um, it didn't come with a warranty. It didn't have all of these other things that we wanted. And like, they didn't even try to make it work for us. So still though, we were like, okay, we like, we were kind of desperate for our car. Like we want to do this soon because we have this money. We're ready to go. Like we want to make this investment because like it could literally snow at any point in time in, in North Dakota, it can start snowing. It starts snowing in October. Like you never know. So we just wanted to like have some, some closure to this car situation. We were just excited. Okay. So we get in and we're like, okay, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about, you know, what it would look like to take out a loan. Like the the actual like area you guys where we actually where we sat it was like the showroom and they had like they didn't have offices they had tiny little cubicles that had one chair each so it was one chair for like the salesman and there was one chair for like the customer okay keep in mind it was me and my husband and our two-year-old daughter who was very energetic and also very tired because it was the evening okay they offered another chair okay but it was like a, a side note. It was just like, oh, there's a chair over there if you want. Like they didn't bring the chair to us. Um, we sat there in silence while the guy was like looking up the information, um, looking about the loan, the, the, you know, I think we were, we were going to get like a tiny loan and then we were going to pay it off um, right away. I think that's the deal that we were going to do. So he was looking up the information. He didn't share anything with us. He didn't ask us how we were. He didn't like no one approached us. Other people were like walking around, like looking at all of these other cars. It was just like such an impersonal experience. Um, Kennedy was really thirsty. She needed to go to the bathroom and they like didn't show us where to go. They didn't like it was just such a weird experience. And then that guy basically just like got up and he's like, OK, well, I just need to go talk to this other, um, you know, our manager. And he didn't share what he was doing. He didn't share anything about like the process that he was doing. He was just like sitting behind his computer typing. And we were just basically sitting there like looking at each other, like me and Taylor, like what is going on? Like, is this, you know, like, are we, do we qualify? Do we not? Like, are we buying this car? Are we not? What is going on here? And it was just such an awkward experience. Um, and, um, Hey Jennifer, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. And like, honestly, I've had good experiences. And so I want, I'm going to tell you about that next, but I, I want to share about this, this other experience that was just weird and it was just echoey in there. It like, wasn't a great place to have a conversation. I almost felt like, Oh, you know, if you want to pay us $30,000, like go for it. But like, we don't really care if you do. <laughs> 
was just such a weird experience. So then someone else came over and long story short, like it was getting super late. We were waiting. Oh yeah. And then we had to wait. We had to wait. Like after all of that, in, uh, all of that happened, we had to wait like 30 minutes for them to like come back after they like ran the numbers. And we had to sit in these like really uncomfortable chairs next to the bathroom Kennedy was running around like a crazy kid at that time. It was probably like we had been there for at least an hour and a half at that point. They came back. The numbers weren't what we wanted it to be. Like no one, no one made any sort of attempt to like create a deal for us. Not that we were going there to look for a discount or to like, you know, bargain shop necessarily. Like we had like a chunk of change. I think we were like ready to spend like $28,000 on this car. It's not like we were looking to buy, you know, something just like a beater, like here, just take my money. I just need a car to get home. And we were actually looking to invest money to buy something for our family. And it was just a terrible experience. Um, and I want you to think about like what that looks like. And I'm not saying that you guys do that um, or that we do that as, as service providers, but I want you to think about like from the client's perspective, like, are we, are we making it a good experience? Like, are we going over on our time for our discovery calls, right? Or are we respecting their schedule? Are we, um, you know, are we giving them information when they want information, but not like just like throwing information at them? Cause that's also really overwhelming, right? Like one other guy came over and he just started like spouting off information. I'm like, whoa, 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 buddy. Like I'm not, I'm not in a headspace to like, I need to take notes. Like I, I don't know what you're talking about. I need to write this stuff down. Like they just weren't respectful. They were, they like didn't try to make a connection. They didn't really listen to us. They didn't try to help us make the buying experience really great. And it was almost like they didn't care um, at all. Okay. Care at all that like they were going to make a potential sale. And like this guy probably was going to get a really good commission off of our, um, our purchase. Had we bought the car, we decided that I'm like, Taylor, it's late. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. Kennedy's tired. Like we have to go. And at that point it was like this weird rush it was like, okay, do, do we spend $28,000 right now and just give them our money and drive home with this vehicle that like, I don't even know if I love because the guy didn't answer half my questions about. And so we decided we're like, you know what, thank you for your time. Like we got to get going because like, do you see this toddler running around screaming? We got to get going. And like, they were just completely aloof to the fact that like, we were not, we didn't have five hours to spend with them. Um, and to like go around in circles about information that didn't make sense. Um, okay. So we did buy a car there. So a couple of days later, um, we're like, okay, we, we still are actually looking and we liked this at Ford Explorer. So we decided to call this other dealership. Okay. So we went to this other dealership. They had the car ready again. Like we requested, Hey, we saw this car online. We had, you know, they had the car ready for us when we got there. Um, when we came in, like the guy shook our hands, he introduced himself, he asked us a little bit about ourselves, like he was very um, understanding that we had Kennedy with us again, like he said, no problem, let's go for a test drive. He like gave us time to like switch over the car seat to this other car to, so we could have this test drive. And he went with us, we both got to test drive it. He was like very, very approachable. He was very down to earth. He was very genuine. He was talking about like his wife and his kids and like how they have a minivan. And like, it was just so personal. Like I felt like he was almost our friend that he was just being so honest and so open. And 
he came he came to like this selling and I was I was like reflecting on this afterwards he came to the selling experience like he was really confident and he had almost this air um and he had like this air of him that like he was confident that like we he could help us right he was confident that he could provide us a really great experience and that he could find the car for us um but he also had this air to him that like it's okay if you don't, right? Like he didn't have any pressure at all. It was more just like, I'm here to help you if you truly want this car, but I'm also okay if you don't. Like, it's not a big deal if you don't buy this car. Um, Like I wanted to be right for you, right? And so it wasn't like this, um, he wasn't meek about it. He wasn't like quiet and like, you know, like, are you sure you want this car? Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, do you have any questions about it? I don't really know. Like he wasn't really weird and and (laughs) sketchy and awkward about it. Like he was very just like, yeah, this is a great car. Here's what I think about it. Here are some of the benefits. Here are some of the features. Um, you know, let's see what we can do for you price wise. Let's see if we can get some, like a good price for your trade-in for the escape. And he was just so open and, so we're like, okay, so we got back and we were kind of talking and, and in the actual like dealership, it wasn't massive. It was kind of an intimate space. He didn't have his own office, but it was like kind of this intimate cubicle that was like closed off from other people. They had kids toys there. They had a little car, a place, a play mat. They had blocks for Kennedy to play with. Like she was on cloud nine at that point. Like we promised her that if she was good, she would get ice cream after the fact. And she was like, she still, you guys talks about that little play set that they had there. Cause we still go in like, Hey, um, long story short, we bought the car there, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this when we go to get it serviced there, because we got a, another warranty on it. It was a used car, like a 2017. She still talks about that play place. Like, Oh, please. Can I go play in that car? That was so fun. They offered us something to drink. They had like, Oh yeah. She didn't get ice cream. Cause they had cookies there. They had fresh baked cookies. It was just like such a fun experience buying this car. So we got in, we're talking to the guy. I'm not even sold. Taylor in his mind was like, yeah, we're totally getting this car, but he didn't share that with me. And so we were sitting down and we were looking at each other and he's like, okay, well, do you guys want to run the numbers and see what we could get for you for your, your trade-in? And like, I know your budget, I know what you're looking to spend. Like, I really think that this would be a great car for your family. Like he had pictures around in his cubicle of his family he was talking about his kids. He didn't just sit there awkwardly, like while he was running the numbers, he was very casual. Um, and it was just like a really great experience. And so Taylor's like, yeah, that sounds great. And I looked at Taylor and I'm like, wait. And I looked at the guy. I'm like, are we like, are we doing this right now? Are we buying this car? And the guy just kind of laughed. He's like, do you want it? And it was like, that was such a refreshing instead of like, oh, uh, I thought you were going to buy it. Like, what do you mean you're not going to buy it? Like, it wasn't weird at all. It was seriously just like, oh, do you want it? Like he had just assumed from our conversation, from our body language, from our experience that like we were already sold and we kind of were. It was more just like we hadn't said it out loud. And so I looked at Taylor and I'm like, are we going to do this? okay, I guess this is what we do. Like this, we, we impulse buy, but not in a bad way, right? Like both of our houses that we've purchased, um, our old house and the house that we live in now, literally from the day that we started looking to the day that we, um, signed the purchase agreement was a week, seven days. Like that's unheard of. People don't do that. Me and my husband do that all the time because we, we know what we want and we, and we buy it when we're ready. And so, um, 
sorry guys, I'm having some sounds come up. I'm not sure if you can hear all of those notifications, but it was just fun. Like he built a connection. So we looked at each other and we're like, let's do it. Right. Because the numbers that he ran were great. They give us way more for the trade-in. I think it was like $3,000 more for the trade-in of our other car than the, the first dealership gave us. And it was just like, he built the connection. Here are the lessons that I learned from it. You guys, like it was a positive buying experience. He built a connection, okay? It was like an intimate place. We felt valued, but we also didn't feel like he needed the sale, right? It wasn't like this, um, he was confident. He was, he was nurturing in like an appropriate way. He wasn't like gushing over us. He wasn't gushing over like, you know, this car. He wasn't making it seem like this was like the only car in the world that we could buy. And like, he wasn't positioning it. Cause like he saw what we were, what we were like, like we aren't super, and I don't mean this in like a negative way, but like we aren't like super high end people. Like we're very down to earth. Like we bought a Ford Explorer. It's not like we were at like a Porsche dealership where they're like, we don't need your money, but we know you're going to buy, right? Like it was very much a like down to earth scenario. And he was like, um, you know, he, we felt understood. We felt like he got it. We were just like joking around about how, like, you know, like talking about how he lives out in the country and how one day we would love to live out in the country. And like, it was just such a great experience. And, um, I realized that I realized that like, because he listened, because we had fun, because he was coming from a place of confidence that like, I totally know these people are going to buy because I just like can feel it. And I know they want to buy and, but I'm not, I, I don't like care if they don't, right. He didn't make it, it at least like to us, um, which, which kind of shows me that like his headspace, right. Was, it was very clear. Like he was, he was clean selling to us. Whereas like he wasn't trying to make it about him. He wasn't trying to make it about like how, you know, like how their dealership is the best and this car is the best. No, he was like, yeah, this is a great car. It would be great for your family. You know, if you have any other questions, obviously I'm very much paraphrasing it here, but um, he was confident, but he also made it seem like it wasn't going to make or break him. Like the, the buying experience wasn't about him, you guys. Okay. It was about us. Right. And as as businesses, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as the seller, we cannot make this sale about us. We cannot make it about how much we want to help someone else, how bad it would, um, you know, like how much it would benefit us to like get that sale, the money that we would make. We can't make it about how it would make us feel good to help someone else about how it would like feel good for, for us to make the sale and for us to help the client. Like, no, it cannot be about us. We have to be clean. And that's exactly what happened. And at this other dealership and we even ran the numbers and we're like, yeah, we really like, like this car. And this seems like a car that's going to be with us for several years. That's going to be great for both of our kids. Like there's room, there's bucket seats. It was like, perfect. This is great. Like I literally had a couple, um, I wanted four wheel drive. I wanted heated seats. I wanted auto start and I wanted Bluetooth. Okay. This is coming from someone who had an 07 car that like didn't have any of that. So I'm like, okay, upgrades, upgrades. So that is, that was like my requirement and this car fit. And it was such a great buying experience that we literally just like handed over our money. We're like, yes, please. And by the end of the night, it was like only, I bet we weren't even there for two hours. 
Kennedy was happy because she was playing. She had cookies. Like, it was not a big deal. We were, like, you know, we we each had a cookie while we were waiting. We had water. They had like other drinks for us there. Um, I had some decaf coffee because it was at night and it was just like, we, we left the place. Like we just quickly cleaned out our old car. We're like, I guess we're getting rid of this today. And, um, they, they took our old car. It was very, very easy. We didn't have to like go through any other weird paperwork. It was literally just like, leave your old car. We'll take care of it. We'll clean it. Like, don't touch it. Don't worry about it. Here's your new beautiful car. And like, we, you know, we hope that you have an amazing like experience with it. And, um, it has been a really great experience ever since besides one service, um, time that we went there, but whatever that service, this was sales. Okay. I'm going to stay focused on the sales and the buying the buying experience here. So, um, I really just want to like sum all of this up you guys. And I know that this was in person. I'm going to catch up on the comments real quick. Um, Aaron says, that's exactly what I did with you last week. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was such a fun conversation too. And like, it feel, I love that you share that Aaron, because it's it just, it feels natural, right? It feels like, Hey, I, I value you. I value your, you know, your business. I value your life. I value like you as a person. I don't need the sale and not from like an arrogant place of like, you know, I'm totally fine without you don't need you kind of thing. But like, I, I you cannot make it mean anything about you. Right. We cannot make it mean um, like even if we're coming from a place of service, oftentimes I see you see women and even clients do this. And I did this right away. You guys as well. These are all great lessons to learn. Like, I truly think that this buying experience for me was like a twenty five thousand dollar lesson, like what to do, what not to do. Okay. And I realized that this was in person, but we can absolutely cultivate this relationship in selling and we can have the mindset of clean selling and like being in it just to serve. Right. And not being attached to the outcome, not being attached to the result, not being attached to the yes and being completely okay if they buy or if they don't, because if they don't, it means nothing about you. If they do, it means nothing about you. It's just that it was a great experience for them. And they truly see the value in what you have. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're being convinced to buy something, right? And if you do that, people will run, okay? It's an intangible that is part of the selling process. It's never about your pricing. It's never about your offer. It's never about your, your marketing when it comes down to it. Yes, you can like, those things are important. Right. And that's what I do with my clients. Like we want to make sure that you have a solid offer. We want to make sure that you have solid messaging that speaks to your people and that you have clarity on all of those things. Right. But it's always the intangibles that either, um, you know, like your mindset, your energy, your vibe, your thoughts. Okay. It's always these intangibles that are going to make or break a sale. Okay. And I want you to like really recognize that in this situation and in your own business as well. Um, okay, Aubrey, I'm going to um, catch up here. I feel like it's really hard to make that connection online. Okay, um, that's where I struggle. Yeah, Aubrey, you're not alone. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, but I want to actually share like two very, very, very helpful things that will that will minimize that struggle for you and everyone Um everyone with an online business. Okay. Number one, you have to go to work on your thoughts. You have to go to work on 
like truly, truly knowing the value that you have to offer and truly, truly being unattached to the results. Okay. That is number one, right? That will help build that connection because you will not be treating every conversation that you have either like on the phone, on zoom, in messenger, in comments, like wherever you won't be treating every conversation with like this, like grip on it, right? Like you won't be like choking the conversation because you want it to convert so badly, right? Because when we're doing that, it doesn't allow, like, if you think about like choking something, I know this is a really weird analogy, but if you're, if we're choking something, right, because we want it so badly, there's no room for it to grow and expand and like open up. Right. And so with that, like that's number one, working on your mindset and like really thinking about, okay, where am I coming from? Am I doing this? Am I talking to this person because I want to get their sale or because I truly just like want to help them? And if they buy, they buy. If they don't, they don't. Either way, it means nothing about me. I'm always going to be safe and secure and have enough money for what I need. And I trust that the right people are coming. Right. Like that type of a mindset will always make you more money than I need clients. This has to work. I just want to help you so bad, right? Like that mindset will always drive away sales. Okay. And then the other thing, Aubrey, that I think is going to be really helpful as far as like the connection piece, go live. Like, I hope you guys feel like I'm talking to you like face to face right now. Like, I feel like Aubrey, when I'm like sharing this with you, and I know that we have talked face to face, at least on zoom, right? Like, I hope you feel like this is a conversation between you and I right now even though we are like thousands of miles away and there's lots of screens between us. Okay. I hope that you feel that this is actually a conversation between us right now and that you feel connected to me because I'm actually answering your question on a live video. And, and like, you can see my reaction. You can see my body language. You can see that like, I'm a real human being talking to another real human being. Like you are at home probably watching this. Right. And I want you to just think about, in that way, like same with everyone watching, right? Like, you know, Jennifer and Aaron and Melissa and Lafern and Keisha, like if you guys are still watching and anyone watching the replay, like I hope that you feel connected to me right now because that is the power of video, right? And so um, you can build connection in, in um, like organic posts. You can build connection in emails, you can build connection on blog, on blog, blog, there's the word on blog posts, you can build connection on Instagram, you can build connection, like literally anywhere you can build connection on a sales page, you can build connection anywhere if you are in the right headspace, um, and in the right mindset, but it always helps to just be yourself to just be yourself, to just show up. Video is going to um, like exponentially create that like really great connection because it's so much quicker, right? Of that connection. Like you can see me, you can watch this video right now and you can decide like right away. Yeah, I feel connected to Rachel. I really like her or no, I'm not feeling it. I don't really, I don't really like Rachel and I don't know why right? Like maybe you do know why, maybe you don't, but like you should be able to identify and like feel that connection right away um, through the messaging. If you're speaking from your heart, if you're speaking boldly in live videos or like recorded videos or literally anything, like I looked at a sales page the other day for this other, like this mini program that I was going to um, potentially purchase. 
I literally had never seen this person ever before in my life. I looked at the sales page. I read it and I'm like, whoa, this sounds amazing. She had a five minute video that I watched. Like I felt so connected with her. Um, she's also from Minnesota. Um, I live in North Dakota now, but I'm from Minnesota. Like she was also from Minnesota. She like was making references to things that really like resonated with me. And I'm like, whoa, I really like this lady. And I just randomly found her on the internet. <laughs> like it's totally possible to build that connection. Um, but video is going to help, right? All these other areas will help too. But I just want you to think about like, it's all starts from your thoughts. Like it all stems from your thoughts and the mindset that we have around it. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to catch up real quick. Jennifer, you want to work with the right people. Like you said, like if you said yes to everyone you met, you wouldn't be able to help all those people as well. Or at least I wouldn't with my offer. Yeah, totally. I think people are um, gun shy on getting sold to. But when you come from a place of service, it's a lot easier. People don't like to be sold to, but they actually love to buy. Yes. Who doesn't love to buy? Like, I love buying things. <laughs> I love buying things. I'm not saying I'm just like, just throw my money around irresponsibly, but I love buying things. It feels so fun. Like I just treated myself to some new clothes last week. I just, um, spent $10,000 on an amazing mastermind program that I'm like so excited about. Um, I like yesterday I took my girls to the zoo and I spent $20. Like the zoo definitely wasn't worth $20 here in Fargo, but I spent it because it was a fun experience. It was a beautiful afternoon. Like we got, um, Starbucks on the way home. I got a nice coffee. I bought Kennedy a cake pop. Like it was just fun. Like we like buying things that we value. Right. And so of course no one wants to, um, and this isn't like against your point, Jennifer, I'm totally agreeing with you. Um, but I think it's helpful for us to understand that like, if we have the thought, oh, she probably doesn't want my, she probably doesn't want to buy, right? Or get on the call with someone like she totally doesn't want to buy and no, she can't afford it. Like, how could that thought be like sabotaging the whole conversation? What if instead you just thought like she's totally wants to buy and if she doesn't, not a problem. Do you see how that feels so different as well? Like I even just think of if, if my thought was like, oh, okay, another sales call, another no, she's totally going to say no. I know she can't afford it. Like we're in a pandemic. People shouldn't be investing. Like if I thought that, like that's seriously how I would feel. Like look at my reaction right now. Like I, I like probably look pissed. <laughs> okay. That's seriously how those thoughts make me feel. But the thought like, not a problem. I don't need the sale, but if she, if she wants my help, if she wants to buy, like totally here to help her, I would love to help you. But if you, if you're not ready, if you're not interested, if you're not willing to like make it work, then that's not a problem. Right. And like not making it mean anything about you, not making it mean anything about them, not deciding for them if they're going to buy or not going to buy. And I will say oftentimes when we say, this is so interesting, psychologically, when we say, totally not going to buy that thing. We always buy the thing. <laughs> okay. When we say, I'm totally going to buy that thing. Like, I'm just so excited. I'm totally going to do that. We always, I, okay. These are generalizations. I get that. Oftentimes we end up backing out, right? It's so interesting how that works. And so I don't want you guys to ever be making decisions for other people or for yourself, um, about like what someone's buying is like, 
what their yes or no is going to be, right? Like what their decision is going to be yes or no. I said that really weird. What their decision is going to be yes or no. Like create a positive buying experience, right? That starts with your marketing. That starts with your initial conversations in Messenger. If you're talking to people in Messenger, that starts with your emails. That starts with your content. That starts with your blog posts, your whatever. Like all of the forms of marketing that you have. That starts with your live video on Facebook. That starts with your sales page. Build the connection. Invite them to a call, right? If that's how you do things, invite them to a call. If that's not how you do things, you can still make a connection in Messenger, right? Like I have had people reach out to me, like no idea who they are. I had no idea that they like were even following me. Um, reach out to me like, hey, I love, you know, I feel really connected with you. I love what you do. I love your work. Like, I w- can we chat about working together? what? Who are you? Sure. That sounds great. Like happy to help. I have no intention of like finding the people, right? Because I have a very, very strong, like high confidence in what I do, not a cockiness, but a confidence that I can help, right? I can help women build and grow their businesses. I can help women make money. I can help women sell. I can help women, um, like recalibrate their mindset to like be able to receive excuse me, receive money. That was weird. Um, I can help. Right. But I, I come from a place of like, not a big deal. If you're not ready, not a big deal. If it's not in the cards for you right now, not a big deal. If you say, no, I'm here to help when you're ready. Right. Which is why I don't necessarily like love fake scarcity. Okay. Like, or, or just like scarcity in general, I will never say I have more spots available or like fewer spots available than I actually do. Like I hate fake scarcity because that, like that, that feels um, disingenuous. Is that a word? Disingenuine, disingenuous. I think it's a word that doesn't feel genuine, right? It doesn't feel like, I feel like that connection is breaking. If I'm like, whoa, 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 like you got to buy, there's only two spots left. You got to buy now, right? Like that feels so gross to me as a buyer too. Like that actually turns me off. If I see on someone's like, or imagine like when you're going to buy an airline ticket or you're on someone's sales page and there's a countdown timer and they're like, whoa, you only have 14 seconds left, right? Like three more people just bought. Sometimes it works in their favor, like the scarcity mentality, but oftentimes it doesn't because like, even as a buyer, I'm like, no, thanks. Like, I do not want to be pressured into this. Like, I don't want to buy just because I only have 14 seconds left. Right. Like, I want to be able to reach out to someone whenever I want help and like ask them if they can help me or buy something when I'm ready. So all of that to say, like, that's part of the buying experience. It has to be fun. Like, listen to your people. Focus on them and not on you, right? And it will like watch the money roll in. Watch the clients come to you. Watch these, like watch yourself feel so good and feel so connected to your people that it just like feels fun. And this is what I mean when I'm saying like business gets to be fun and easy. It does. We overcomplicate things all the time. And so these are my $25,000 lessons that I meant to share with you guys in like 15 minutes. And it's been 42 and it's been such a fun time sharing this with you guys. So that is all for now. Um, I do have a quick call here in a little while. So I'm going to hop off. Let me know if you guys have any other thoughts or questions or comments or anything that you want to share about this. I think it's a really great topic um, about like buying and selling and just the mindset around that, the buying experience, the selling experience. Like this is so much fun. And I want you to guys have I want you guys to have fun with this too. 
All right, that's it for today's episode of the Dream Builder Society podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. By leaving a review, you're helping us get this content into the hands of other powerful women and playing a part in fulfilling our mission of empowering women to build their own dream lives and businesses. Don't forget to head over to my Facebook group, The Dream Builder Society, for more guidance, support, and high-level training so you can start learning, growing, taking action, and getting results in your business right now. See you there.